0: listening to Superpower Curiosity with Dr. Richard Gillette. And I'm Molly Ruth, producer for the podcast. In season one of Superpower Curiosity, we're taking a deep dive into how to get beyond divisiveness. This also just happens to be the subject of Richard's recent book. It's a freaking mess. How to thrive in divisive times. In this episode, Richard talks about the pleasure of dropping anger and how to do it in an excerpt from It's a Frickin' Mess. Let's jump right in.
1: You know how when you read or hear about a new drug, it is hyped as having a particular beneficial effect, and this is then followed by a host of potential side effects, displayed in tiny print, or on TV, in an incredibly fast, quiet, bland and unemotional voice. Quite often, the last item on the list of possible side effects is death. Our own emergency secretions of adrenaline, cortisone and other fight-flight hormones can be seen as internal drugs with a history of millions of years. The prime positive effect is that these natural drugs prepare your body to be maximally efficient in physical reactions of emergency flight or flight. Some of the potential side effects are addiction to anger, addiction to the excitement of emergency, loss of pleasure and contentment, sleeplessness, increased muscle tension, increased tension between self and others, the creation of an at war footing that may have permanent repercussions. For example, war. Others reacting to you with anger or fear. Loss of accurate discernment. Poor decision-making. Diminished intelligence. Loss of ability to empathize or feel compassion. Loss of ability to reach across to the other side. Loss of ability to experience and engage curiosity. Loss of ability to experience respect and to act with kindness extreme contagiousness of the inflammation of anger from person to person or from a media source to multiple people, indigestion, diminished immune response, increased likelihood of infection, long-term association with increased morbidity, and long-term association with early death. That's quite a list. The good news is that it is possible to vastly diminish our angry reactions if we would like to, and our lives are usually happier when we do so. No one else can make you angry. The Greek philosopher Epictetus said, when anyone makes you angry, know that it is your own thought that has angered you. This quote gets people really angry which, of course, according to the quote, is impossible. The idea that it is your own thought that has angered you is not just provocative. It is deeply empowering. When we fully take in the fact that other people do not actually have the power to control our emotional state, we are liberated from dependency on what others do. This is true freedom. But wait a minute, isn't it natural to get angry when someone with power makes a decision that hurts people? When people die because of a tyrant's desire for power? When the rich get richer and the poor get poorer? Look at all the awful things that are happening in this world through the actions of some of those in power. Surely it's natural to be angry at such things. Yes, it's natural and I'm offering no judgment on the ensuing anger, yours or my own. But there is a way to move through it we don't need to suffer the multiple side effects of anger with its damage to our clarity of thought and its long-term deleterious effect on our health but what about the damage caused by repressing anger i've heard that repressing anger can lead to depression and many other conditions i am not advocating repression I'm advocating being clear about our anger and then finding the root cause of the anger. This diffuses the anger. The anger is neither repressed nor expressed. It is dissolved. Okay, but why would we want to dissolve it? What about the positive effects of anger? Doesn't anger drive change? Angry people demand something different. The energy of anger can get people together to fight to make a better world. The most overtly angry people I've heard about on the news are suicide bombers. Does their anger improve their cause? No, it turns the world against them. But what about anger expressed without physical violence? Can't that draw people together to fight for a cause? Yes, it can. But still, when we experience long-term anger over a cause, we ourselves suffer mentally and physically. Well, isn't that worth it if the cause is just? No, because there are other ways besides anger of motivating people to fight together for a good cause. In fact, an angry stance tends to be less successful in the long run. You don't have to be poisoned with the inner drugs of emergency and alarm. You can fight courageously and often more effectively without them. This is hard to believe. How can fighting with anger be less effective? You have to agree that anger is energizing. Yes, anger is energizing. But in what direction? And with what results? If a Democrat in the US expresses anger by vilifying a Republican in the hope of uniting Democrats and their supporters, the Republican will likely retaliate. Anger creates anger back. This is pretty much automatic. It is almost as inevitable as Newton's third law of motion. Any action has an equal and opposite reaction. This law seems to apply to emotion as well as to motion, even if the math is not quite so measurable. If a Republican expresses anger by vilifying a Democrat, hoping to unite Republicans and their supporters, the Democrat will similarly tend to react in kind. In these ways, the divide increases and getting things done becomes more and more difficult. Anger is fundamentally divisive. This is true whether it is expressed overtly in insults or a little more covertly in contempt or in righteous-sounding outrage. Okay, I can see the pitfalls, but isn't it also true that divisive, angry leaders have been phenomenally successful at getting people to unite in anger? Hitler is a prime example. I'm not advocating this, of course, but it seems like a scary truth. In the short term, unfortunately and undeniably, proclaimed anger and hatred can work in uniting one group against another through the exploitation of human foibles. But long term, it never works. Martin Luther King wrote, History is cluttered with the wreckage of nations and individuals that pursued this self-defeating path. Hitler's initially seemingly successful actions created a reaction from other nations that destroyed everything he built, though it took some years. Well, if you don't use anger, then how do you unite people for a good cause? Passion. Passion? Yes, Passion for the result you want. Passion for kindness, for example. Passion for equal opportunity. Passion for equal pay for men and women doing the same jobs. Your emotional energy is not primarily aimed divisively against those who obstruct your vision, which will only serve to increase their obstruction. It is primarily aimed, non-divisively, at your positive vision for the future. You don't need to lack emotional energy when you're not angry. You direct your emotional energy into your dream of how things can be. This all sounds fine, but how do you get rid of the anger you already have? The first thing is to recognize that no one can ever make you angry. If you think another person can make you angry, you have given that person power over you. In other words, your anger is actually a form of dependency. But when you drop this belief that someone else can make you angry, you're in charge of your own state. Consider the joy of accepting that no one ever can control your emotional state. Think of the freedom this will bring you. Your happiness is no longer under the control of what other people say or do. That sounds great, but my anger happens so automatically, it doesn't feel like I have a choice. When a politician lies, for example, I get angry. It doesn't seem like it's my decision. So why are you angry when a political leader lies? Well, obviously, because he lied. Are there times when the same political leader lies just as badly and you're not angry? Yes. Then there must be something in you that determines whether you get angry or not. That's logical. Yes, and it's true. The key to gaining decision-making power over our own anger is to recognise the cause within us. Anger, when it is not in direct reaction to physical threat, is caused internally by a strong expectation or need we have that is not being met. To use your example, if you can take, I'm angry because you lied, and shift it to, I'm angry because of my own need for trust an amazing thing happens. The anger begins to abate. Why? Because you have taken your attention away from the person who lied and switched it to your own needs. And these include the universal human needs for qualities like trust, respect, and integrity. So you might say, I am angry because of my need for integrity, respect, and trust. This means you are no longer focused on an enemy. You have become focused on your own needs and personal values. When there is no enemy in your mind, the anger goes. And then, the shift of focus to your own needed values opens you to the more elevated feelings of peacefulness, courage and compassion. You have shifted from the negative to the positive. And you have also shifted from the external, over which you have no control, to the internal, which is within your own circle of power. You cannot make your need for respect and trust be fulfilled by a politician you've never met, but you can fulfill these same needs in other ways. Exercise, overcoming anger. If you're angry with a person or with a group or a political party for something they have said or done, and if you have no way to change the outcome of their behavior or to give them meaningful feedback, I invite you to do this exercise to overcome your anger. The exercise is derived from sources some 2000 years old, in addition to the more recent practice of nonviolent communication as taught by Marshall Rosenberg. The exercise requires your undivided attention. So it's great to do this exercise at a time when you know you will not be interrupted. Please do not do this exercise while driving. If you're driving right now, you can fast forward to the next chapter and come back to this exercise later. Make sure you have a pen and paper or notebook ready and sit in a comfortable chair in a private space. This exercise takes anywhere from five to 20 minutes. Feel free to pause the audio as you need. One, the first task is to recognize your anger, which may not always be obvious to you. It may be apparent only at night when you are less guarded. It may manifest in body language, in your facial expression, tight forearms, the muscles that make fists, or tightness in any muscle of action, legs, abs, back, shoulders, neck, The anger may be muted in irritation, annoyance, impatience, resentment, judgmentalism, blaming or complaining. The anger may be ice cold as in hatred or calculated revenge. It might also manifest in various forms of covertly aggressive superiority, such as condescension, patronization, derision, sarcasm, contempt, If your anger is hidden or disguised in one of these ways, allow yourself to be open with your anger in a safe place. By a safe place, I mean a space in which your anger will not cause you or anyone else harm. Examples are journaling, I feel angry because, or in the privacy of your own room, expressing your anger by yelling or hitting pillows with your fists. These practices do not get rid of anger. The purpose is simply to witness and acknowledge the extent of your anger and to begin the process of acceptance of yourself. Step two, once you have recognized your anger, be kind to yourself. Please do not judge yourself for having anger in any of its many forms. Remember that there is nothing wrong with anger in itself. Anger is only problematic to us when we cannot move beyond it. And it is only a problem to others if we express our anger in violent words or actions. Take your anger as a sign of being, probably, human, and as an invitation to explore and to learn. If judgmental thoughts about yourself come up, there is no need to judge your judgments. Simply observe them. If pain underlies your anger, as it often does... Acknowledge your own pain with kindness. Step three. With regard to the other's words or actions that relate to your anger, ask yourself, what was my expectation? In other words, how I think the world ought to be that was not fulfilled. What was my expectation that was not fulfilled? Write down the answer and allow yourself to be uncensored. For example, he should have been honest. Politicians should tell the truth. They should not lie to maintain their power. Step 4. Remind yourself that you have no control over what someone else says or does. Recognise that your expectation of how things should have gone is actually out of touch with reality. Why? Because in reality, it did not happen. And some politicians do lie. Step five. Now ask yourself, what is my personal need that was not met by these things I cannot control? Write down the answer. And if you can't think what your need might be, see if any one or two of the following examples of universal needs fits for you. Choice, clarity, community, compassion, competence, courage, ease, effectiveness, equality, harmony, inclusion, independence, integrity. Joy, kindness, order, peacefulness, respect, safety, security, tolerance, trust, truthfulness. Step six. Write down, I feel angry because of my need for... Complete this statement with one or two personal needs or values, either from the list I just read or that you come up with. The internal need must relate only to you and not to any other person. For example, I feel angry because of my need for trust, and not, I feel angry because of my need for this political leader to tell the truth, the former my need for trust, gives me full power for my own state. While the latter, a need for a political leader to tell the truth, makes me continue to be dependent on the actions of another person. Step seven, now close your eyes. Focus on the need for one of the qualities that you wrote down in step six. Repeat that quality to yourself a few times. Imagine now that this quality is held gently in your heart. Imagine you can almost feel this quality within your heart. Enjoy the feeling of this quality. Enjoy the feeling of this quality. And now imagine yourself manifesting this quality or expressing this quality in some way with others. aware of how this feels. Step 8. When you're ready, open your eyes and write down what happened for you. Step 9. Write down one way you can take personal action to augment the quality you feel you need. This action should be one that is doable by you alone and does not involve any reliance on another person or another situation to change. Step 10. Schedule and practice the practical action you chose. And that's the end of the exercise. I found that doing this just once did not stop my being angry again. I guess this is not surprising. I did, however, find that repeating the exercise made it easier and easier to diffuse my own anger. It is a personal accomplishment to overcome your own anger without either repressing it or expressing it in violent words. I wish you luck with your experiments in anger dissolution and I hope you enjoy the empowering game of discovering the source and therefore the solution within yourself.
0: Thanks for listening to Superpower Curiosity with Dr. Richard Gillette. Episode 12 is scheduled to come out in two weeks, so make sure you're subscribed to hear about how to handle others' anger brilliantly. As always, if you have a comment or question for Richard, Shoot over an email or voice memo to superpowercuriosity at gmail.com. Till next time, stay curious.